Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next guest is... Hello and welcome to another Our Next Guest Is. This is a conversation where we meet the country's leading speakers and entertainers in the corporate and events world and we find out what really makes them tick. My name's Michael Pope and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, who is our next guest? Our next guest began his working career as a baker and built Australia's largest standalone baking business, the Beechworth Bakery. Serving an astounding 1 million customers per year, this business success has been driven from the start by this dynamo of a speaker. Spending more of his time these days on the speaking circuit than in the bakehouse, he still maintains his passion for his work, his staff and customers as he spreads the secrets to his phenomenal success. Sit down and buckle up as we welcome our next guest, Tom O'Toole. G'day. Look, (laughs) gee, I don't know. Look, I am in business and that's probably one of the points of difference with me that I, I do have a real business and that that's really hard when you're out there speaking because people check me out all the time and yeah. see am I walking the talk and that <laughs> is really, really difficult because you bet I've got to walk the talk. Yeah, look, my business is uh, is pretty incredible. Uh, I am a baker. I am a baker. When, when did you know that you wanted to be a baker? Oh, I didn't know I wanted to be a baker. I left school at 14 and I washed bottles at the Tokemore Cordial Factory for a couple of years and then an apprenticeship come up and no one would take it on because you had to start work at two o'clock in the morning and <laughs> and I, I just took it on and I still wasn't sure whether I wanted to be a baker. did my apprenticeship in many bakeries because that bakery closed down and another one and I went to here, there. In the end, at age 32, uh, you know, my wife, my first wife left me and uh, left me with two little kids and, and I was still in the baking game and, and every the grass always looks green everybody else's business looked easier and their careers and 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 I went and looked at lots of other bits and I thought gee they're all got headaches and hassles and and so I just got focused on baking then at age right. 32 I, I started to invest in myself by going to seminars and reading books and asking for help that was one of the hardest things in business was to ask for help mm-hmm. anyway I, I just started to focus on on baking, and and that's what I've done now. Ca- Carson, did you notice that Tom jumped from fourteen to thirty-two in about six seconds? Yeah, the bit in the, in the middle is not really worth knowing about Tom, <laughs> is it? That, is that right? Uh, but, uh, but, but basically, you were a, kind of a floating baker, uh, and then you decided. Look, no, no, look, I did really, really well. You I, had you had a successful baking. I had a successful bakery. It was in right WA from I think. My, yeah. from word go. I've always did yeah. baking well. Right. Um, You've always had good buns. Yeah, always had. That's good the buns. testimonials <laughs> I, I'm reading. I, I, I have a I have a learning difficulty. I'm very dis. Dyslexic, and so my my head jumps can, all can over the place. Can you be very dyslexic or just dyslexic? Ah, uh, you can be very dyslexic or dyslexic. Yeah, right. I can read. I have two uh, two grandsons, and they're very dyslexic. They can't read their in you know, their own name. Well, I can read, but I can't do lots of other stuff. Are they atheist dyslexics that don't believe in dog? <laughs> but I digress. Um, but you did say 32. What happened at 32? Well, at age 32, my wife left me and left me with these two kids and I had this business and uh, and because I'm dyslexic, well, I've never used a calculator. I've, uh, I've never written a cheque or anything. I could hardly write my name. Look, I, then I started to have to – I had to ask for help and that's sort of one of the ways I got into business. I, I, was, I was suicidal and homicidal. I had an attempt on my life and all this sort of stuff. But I got involved with Lifeline and 
in, on, to do a course uh, on basic communication and self-awareness. Right. They were fascinated in these counselling groups how I could tell my story. I'm, I was a real storyteller. One guy first come up and asked me, would I do a talk for the Apex group? And I just said no. And then another guy come up and, and asked me, would I do a talk at Rotary? Thing is, this counsellor, this John Boatman said, Tom, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and go and speak for these groups. Right. And yeah. I said, look, I'm but very selfish. Can I just jump in there? Good luck, yes, Carson. Yeah, good yeah luck. I know. Um, but why did they want to get you to come and talk? And maybe because, yes, because why? What did you know like, that they, they wanted to learn? Well, I was credited with turning this town of Beechworth around. It was a town that was That's dying. That's what I was getting to, It was Tom. a town yeah, that was yeah. dying. <laughs> and, and they were said, this guy's, he's got, I've got bloody cues of people outside. I was inviting them to Beechworth. People said, you're mad when I went to this town because it was a town that was dying. I said, I'm just going to invite them to Beechworth. Right. So, so, you, so you went to the dying Beechworth town. Um, you bought a bakery there that was yes. turning over, from memory, around $90,000 uh, a year. 100000 sorry, yes, correct. Yes, So So then what happened? You, you, well, I mean, it didn't look, just become I, an overnight I, success. No, look, I did a lot of marketing stuff. But I, when at age 32, I, I had only just come into this business and my wife left and then I had to start, I had to change. I was a real dictator. So I got involved, I, got, I learned about teamwork. I learned about lots about goal setting. Did you yeah. learn from doing or was there someone there that you were learning uh, I, from I and did. with? Look, I tell you what, I got speakers in. I employed speakers. <laughs> One of my first speakers I got into the bakery was Lisa Jane McGuinness. Now, this was costing us a couple of thousand dollars. This is 30-something years ago. Right. And, and and she talked to my staff and I'm like wow and then I, I got other people in it changed and I got I, I went and seen a speaker Stu Leonard Jr and he, he had a supermarket one supermarket in America and I was fascinated he talked with photos and, and anyway I was so inspired by this speaker that I went to America hopped mm. on the train he was way out in the sticks and I went and seen this and, and it was an incredible he was walking a talk and, and the photos kept it real and I thought wow well, and what was the big take-home from him? Well, it was real. I could see what was a big take-home. It wasn't rocket science. And that's like my business, not rocket My business is about people. The business wasn't rocket science. The Speaking was a bit harder, though, for you. Oh, speaking was very difficult because yeah. I was very selfish and self-centred. And this yeah. this cancel is John Boatman said, Tom, you've got to get out of your comfort zone and help people. So I got into speaking, speaking all over Australia for charity, every, right. nothing. They weren't getting paid. At paid. Weren't oh. getting paid. Uh, so just tell us, you touched on the business there. The business has been hugely successful. Just talk us through that, that business success journey from the one store to the nine that you have now. And what was the single biggest thing that drove that success, do you think? Oh, well, probably um, listening to other people and asking for help. Um, uh, there has been lots of people along the way that have helped me, but what it was, I got my team on board. I got my team and said, what are these goals? Where do we want to take this business? And that's what I did. My business is about people. When I realised, because I'm a baker, I thought right. it was about baking cakes it's and bread. Yeah, it's patient, about people. Yeah, people. My yeah. business is about people. Today, we turn over, this year, we'll turn over in excess of 18 million cash over the counter, totally retail. Have you found that that's common, people not asking for help within their business? It is so easy to be negative, you know, and blame the staff and justify. I must admit, some of the most creative things in my place is the justification and the blaming. But anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, look, we, we want to always 
justify and make excuses why we can't grow the business. Because there's many reasons why we can't grow a business. It is so easy to be negative. It requires no effort at all. But to be positive, you've got to get off your bum and have a go. And the thing is, what it was, I had to ask for help. And I asked my staff for help. They got on board. They want to work for a successful business. And you also learned to let go. I learned to let go. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in small business is to learn to let go and let somebody else have a go. And and that has been the secret, trusting my people, letting go, letting them make it. They make mistakes just like me, right. just like me. They make mistakes and I don't rip their heads off. Catch them doing something right. Catch them doing something right. Uh, and they an, love it. They yeah, love it. Yeah. And the other thing, the big significant thing for your business was putting in uh, the processes. So tell us about that. Any time we don't follow the process or the procedures, that's when we we employ wrong, we stuff up or we'll grab someone and oh, we need someone badly, we're growing we, and we don't follow the procedures, don't follow, yeah. So we got people in from outside that because we, we you get a little bit blind in your, in your business and mm. you need somebody to come in and they'll and they say what are you doing that for well, well we've always done that well, well, well I don't know what are, we, what are we doing it for you know so they come in and helped us put systems and procedures and my business runs on systems and procedures I'm redundant today my business runs without <laughs> me I, I can but any time I can go in any time that we have problems is when we're not following the systems and procedures one of your bylines is grit guts as real as it gets. What's that about? Wow, look, I, I have a real business. And look, like I said, most speakers don't. You can't walk in and check them out. People walk in, check out my place, they get a cold pie, a bad service, that Tom O'Toole's full of rubbish. <laughs> He's a fraud. So He's a fraud. It's, it's a fraud. It's really hard. I, I look, I think it takes a lot of guts to ask for help. I think it takes a, a lot of guts to get out of your comfort zone. I t- it takes a lot of guts to write down your goals because if you write down your goals, it holds you accountable. And mm. I don't like being held accountable, but goals give me that purpose and direction. So, and that's what gives my business a purpose. I, I, otherwise, we're just drifting. We are just drifting. Well, what's the next goal then? Oh, jeez, to stop growing, say, to stop no. You can't say you don't have one because that oh, just takes have many, the... many goals. But to do more of the same, to do more of the same. And, look, I, I'm in love with life and raring to go. Clearly. I wouldn't be dead for quids today. Actually, I, just on that dead comment, just, yeah. uh, you had an accident. What yes. happened? Well, I got some flesh-eating bug on, bugger, <laughs> I know. But anyway, nearly killed me. Uh, uh, but has that, has that experience changed the way you think? Because you were a fairly positive guy before uh, before that. But yeah. I think... Look, look, I tell you, I, 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 I was in theatre six times with this leg getting operated. I was in three lots of hospitals. And, and I tell you, know... Have an attitude of gratitude. If I'm grateful, I have energy, I'm excited. If I'm ungrateful, I'm pissed off, shitty, cranky, no energy. But I was grateful. And the nurses, the doctors, they treated me like they were because I could, I made an effort to be pleasant Mm. and to be grateful. And and I could hear other patients not being grateful and everything. Right. That's a, and, that's a great so, line, gratitude. I have an attitude of gratitude. Attitude I tell you what, gratitude. if I yeah. am grateful, I have energy. I'm excited. Ungrateful, no energy. Is this a new keynote in the in the oh, uh, beginning? Sometimes I use, but I just know to be grateful because it's so easy to be negative. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and Tom, I heard a rumor that you managed to leverage your illness and get a keynote talk out of it. <laughs> plastic surgeons. Well, Is that I true? did. I did. I did. <laughs> it was. Look, I here I was ready to go into the theatre. They had me all gowned up and the, and the niece. 
has been talking to me. And the head of plastics division come out and he said, Tom, look, would you come and talk to our plastic division? And here I am laying and ready to go. Plastic surgery gonna, division. Plastic surgery. Not, not, not a group I, of plastic makers. <laughs> I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna say no. no really, it's no, going to no. work on my leg. Yeah. Anyway... Three weeks later, here I am talking to a group of doctors and hospital administrators, and that was my keynote talk. But because the fundamentals of what I talk about doesn't matter who I'm talking to, whether it's Mercedes-Benz or National Bank sure. or whoever. So let's talk about now your life as a speaker, because you're a busy man. You're speaking on stage at conferences and so forth. You're writing books, CDs and, and workshops. Um, what's driving that passion? Well, I've got nothing else to do. The bakery <laughs> runs without me. You know, they don't want me at work. They reckon because because of, of your systems and processes. That's right. good. No, it's because the snow's on the roof. I'm white head, and they reckon the flyer's gone out. You know, and, and but, your uh, wife doesn't want you at home either. Uh, so no, you've, you've, it's the only so way to look, go. look. I, I enjoy speaking. Look, I this cancellor many going back many years ago to yep. uh, uh, when I was 32. He said, "Tom, you have a God-given gift." And if you don't share it, you're being very selfish and self-centred. And I said, well, I am selfish and self-centred. He said, you're not. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to get out there and talk. And I do a lot of charity talks. But speaking, uh, there was people there to help me. Like, there was wonderful, like Stu Leonard, Lisa Jane McGuinness. There was lots of... But no good just listening. I would write notes and I'd take it back and put it into my business. Imagine someone, if it's possible, who doesn't know your work. You're in an elevator with them and you have to go up to the 15th floor and you've only got that much time to tell them what they get if they hire Tom O'Toole for a speech. Oh, go. God, I'm, I'm embarrassed about me speaking. I wouldn't tell them. I said, look, employ somebody with a brain. Employ look, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, we're uh, halfway there. What, oh. what do they get out of your talks, Tom? They get out of me talk that it's not it's, it's not rocket science. If this bugger can do it, anyone can. I've got a learning difficulty. If, if this guy can run a, a business turning over eighteen million, it's, it's about having that belief in yourself. Mm. Because you know the believers pick up the prizes, and and so you've got to have a belief in your product. Got to have a belief in your team. You've got to have a belief in yourself. My business is about people. How do you run your workshops? I always talk with photos to keep me on track and also to think well. <laughs> and to keep you on track, you have a facilitator, I believe, that I comes into the workshop. I have a facilitator who does our track. sales yeah. training with our workshops, and he is brilliant. Because I'm a storyteller, you'll go home feeling good and be inspired and identification. When they see me speak, they think, God, he's talking about my business. He's talking about my business. Because I talk about all the mistakes. I talk about mm. uh, being a seagull manager. <laughs> I talk about all this other stuff. Sorry, what's a seagull manager? Yeah, I come in, crap on everybody, make <laughs> lots of noise, and then I'd leave. I, I felt okay, <laughs> and they chip. destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so i got to catch them doing something right. That That's the secret. It doesn't come natural. doesn't come natural. Catch, Try it with your kids. doesn't come natural. Yeah. I've seen you speak on numerous occasions, and – it's hard to describe your presentation. You, you are one of the truly unique speakers in Australia and possibly the world. What do you? What is the audience reaction? What are they? What are their faces like from the stage when they see you speak? Yeah, look, I, I, it's incredible. I did a talk uh, this week, and this lady come up and hugged me so hard. Uh, now I don't know what. She just said, I needed to be here today. Then I had another man come up. He'd seen this company. It had me in 2007. And they said, Tom, it has just got better. Because in 2007, I've grown my business massively since 2007. In my bakery, that's my business is the baking. And uh, lots of laughter, lots of laughter at this talk. But there was a couple of people quite emotional. Then a couple of people 
didn't look very interested at all. Because I learned I can't please everybody. Look, our Prime Minister mm. can't. What hope have I got? People mm. get stuff out of personal, then they get stuff out of business. and uh, So it's an inspirational business presentation. Yes, it, I'm yeah. inspirational. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I'm an energetic, inspirational. Yeah. But it's the identification, identification. Right. Now, I was in the jail last night. Not, not as a prisoner, no, but they're visiting. A, yeah, yeah, visited, yeah. Visited. Oh, I wouldn't it's assume, Garth. <laughs> now, the identification that these guys, these are prisoners. Yeah. And so talk about life and living and about, you know, uh, stop blaming and talk about lots about getting out of your comfort zone, lots about life. And, and there was a couple heavy guys come in and tried to hassle me and give me a hard time. Wow. Well, and it was difficult. That, that I've been going to the prison for over 30 years, and it was very... Uh, uh, confronting? It uh, was confronting, but I could confront them. I'm, I'm not... You matched them. big, muscly guy, but then what are they <laughs> going to do? They're going to rip me head off the jar. So, I, I, you know, I can tell them... I remember I was doing this talk once. I was up on stage, and it was question time. Now, I don't do question time very good because I waffle all over the place. Anyway, this guy asked, he said, look, yeah, it's all right for you. You're talking about that. My staff do this. I can't get... And, 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 and he went on, and I said, look, look, I, I know what the problem is. I know what the problem is. I said, have a look in the mirror. You'll find the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that went over well. Yeah. Well, the whole place went dead quiet. You know, he come up to me later because then I finished questions, and he re- come up and really thanked me. He, he did... He, he had no awareness, and because I had no awareness until mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. my self-awareness so, Sure, sure, sure. I'd be so interested to see what... Uh, business advice you gave to those prisoners and whether it's really helped their business, but that's for another time. <laughs> Wasn't there a time when you were kind of did a bit of a faux pas in Glasgow? Oh, God, Glasgow. <laughs> Gee, I was talking to a group of master bakers. Now, you talk to a group of master bakers in Glasgow with their Glasgow accent. <laughs> well, I forgot who I was talking to and I got up there and I said, look, I've never talked to a group of masturbators. Because <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, that's what I thought they were saying, but anyway. <laughs> on, that, I, on that note, Tom, we better wrap it up. Tom, I haven't seen you in flight, but gee, I felt like I've gone through, you know, 10 rounds with you. Uh, you're a man who, as you said, has walked the talk. You have started from the ground and you have reached the highest heights and you've done it with a, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm loving doing it. And uh, I already got some nuggets from what you said about putting processes in place, look for the positive and realise that you're working with people. It's been a pleasure spending 20 minutes with you, Tom. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Carson. And if you think your uh, delegates or audience are prepared to hear an inspirational, motivational business message uh, from a speaker like Tom O'Toole, please visit www.tomotool.com.au. Carson, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to tell him to buckle up. Yeah. Now, you've seen him many times. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of seeing Tom speak dozens of times before over the last 20 years. Yeah. And even though he brings all this energy and enthusiasm that kind of sounds a bit mayhem when you're listening to him in the podcast, on stage, he's an incredibly powerful speaker and engages the audience through storytelling. He uses all these really clever photographs of his life experiences that keep him on track. Uh, he's spends a lot of time tailoring his presentations before he even gets to, to the event. So he is unique. Fantastic. The one thing that really stands out with Tom O'Toole is that I've had many clients over the years actually uh, say to me, I need another dose of Tom O'Toole. What that <laughs> tells you uh, as a speaker, that he brings not only the energy, enthusiasm, passion, but he also brings new insights and, and learnings every time he gets up on stage. Fantastic. And if you talk to him really nicely, he'll bring vanilla slices as well. Yeah, um, exactly. What's his website? www.tomotool.com. 
That was Our Next Guest Is with Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC, Michael Pope. To hear more of our guests, you can find us on iTunes or simply visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break. Yeah.